What's going on, guys? It's Fancy Stock Exchange here, and today we're going to be bringing forth the next episode of the Dynasty Decision Series we do over here at the Fancy Stock Exchange YouTube channel. Um, as it is, you know, common occurrence here, we love this series. We love the viewer feedback, the viewer support you guys show, and as a result, we love talking about your team and helping you make that next step towards dominating your Dynasty Leagues. But before we get into that, as always, Corey, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, you know, long weekend coming up here in Canada. I'm not even sure if you guys have a long weekend in the United States. You can May comment that down below. We're recording this on Friday. Um, it'll come out Sunday. So um, I'm away all weekend. I believe you're doing shit all weekend too. But yep. basically today, you guys know, we we cover your dynasty questions, dynasty trade questions, rookie draft questions, rebuilding, contending type of questions. If you guys want to be on future episodes of Dynasty Decisions, all you have to do is sign up, number one, on Patreon. Uh, that is the fastest way to get your question answered because you skip the line that way. Or we can add you to the queue uh, via Twitter questions, Discord questions, all that kind of stuff. And the links for all those things are down below in the description. So I'm doing good. Like, comment, subscribe if you guys enjoy. Now let's hit the intro. All right, let's kick it off with AJ Liner's team. Uh, he is a member of the Patreon uh, as well. Uh, Ten team Superflex PPR uh, starting roster is you know pretty basic three wide receiver, two flex, all that kind of stuff. Um, this is the team: Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins as his main quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Davis Mills, Jameis Winston on the bench, Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, David Montgomery, Hunt, Algier, etc. Mike Evans, uh, Juju, Adam Thielen, Traylon Burks, uh, Devontae Smith, Darnell Mooney, Christian Watson, TJ Hawkinson as his main tight end, also has two ones next year, and then all of his picks by the looks of it for the most part. Um, he has a couple of potential trades, but I'll let you kind of get into his main questions here. For sure. So he mentions here that he's currently deciding whether to rebuild or try and compete this year. And as you guys can see on the screen, he's contemplating these two offers that he has involving Jameis Winston. Basically just says, keep doing it, keep killing it with the content. And uh, yeah, we'll help you out here, AJ, in terms of these questions. So I mean, looking at the strength of this team, it's clear that you have an abundance of wide receiver talent. Uh, I mean, you go about, what, seven, eight deep of quality, you know, at least wide receiver two plus or wide receiver three plus type of production on this team. So um, I think that's like obviously your main strength. Obviously, the main weakness I would say here is at that quarterback one spot. You mentioned here Winston, a 2023 one and two for Dak. I'm fine with going up and getting Dak for that price. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think like the going rate for Dak, not including another quarterback in return. What do you have to give up to get Prescott? Two ones? Two ones, I'd probably say is about appropriate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so you add, in, you add in Winston in a second that kind of balances it out a little bit. You get, you offload a, I would say, a volatile quarterback three, two type. And even though I like Jameis Winston, there is definitely a world where he's no longer a starting quarterback after this year, after next year, whatever the case is. So you secure, uh, like you said, a solid QB1. In a 10-team league, you definitely want to have those positional advantages. Yep. And uh, having, you know, Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins are replacement-level QB2, you know, from a redraft perspective type of production. Maybe they have good years this year, but even if they do, their ceilings are capped at, like, quarterback 8, quarterback 9 because they don't run. So, at least with Prescott, you get a little bit more rushing upside, a higher passing ceiling as well. So, I actually do like that trade. I think yeah. you're making out um, pretty decent in upgrading your team as long as that first isn't, like, expected to be early or anything. For sure. And he also mentioned here, you know, Winston and Evans for a projected mid. Honestly, I would look to just, you know, get that quarterback advantage in this league. Get Dak Prescott. I mean, that's probably one of the cheaper prices that you will see for a guy that, 
is probably a locked in top 10 quarterback for the next five to 10 years. So um, I'm fine with going out, getting that staple, getting that header of your quarterback core uh, here on this team. And he mentions here, like, do you think I can compete with his team? Honestly, I mean, things will have to break, right? Because it is a 10 man league. I understand that there, in a 10 man, there's going to be some more dominant teams up top, but I mean, Najee Harris should be a locked and loaded top five running back this year. You got, you know, Mike Evans is going to be a top 10 wide receiver. Traylon Burks, Devontae Smith, Adam Thielen should all be good in redraft as well. Honestly, like I would probably see, wait and see, see what this team's kind of looking at in midseason. If you're like a top four team in your league, go out, make a move, try to push for that championship. If, you know, your team gets off to a slow start, you can adjust then. But going into the season, I would say that you're probably more so on the path to try to compete. Yeah, I, I would say maybe securing another locked and loaded piece at wide receiver using yeah. some of your depth or a locked and loaded piece at running back using some of your depth would be potentially a smart move. So um, two guys that stand out to us, um, Antonio Gibson and Juju Smith-Schuster, if you, guys, yeah. if you could package both of those guys together and get a significant upgrade at running back or wide receiver, either one, if you could go trade both of those guys for you know, Javante Williams, DeAndre Swift, something like that. Or if you wanted to just do it at wide receiver, go get DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, DK Metcalf, somebody in that territory, AJ Brown. I think that um, both of those moves kind of make sense. I would be looking to try and flip some of your depth into a stud if you can, especially in a 10-team league where, I mean, the starting roster is, is semi-deep, but it's not all that deep and you have pretty good flex positions already, I think I'd be looking to secure one more outside of the quarterback trade that we talked about already, a uh, difference maker at either running back or wide receiver using some of your like, because you have a lot of like wide receiver two types and RB two types outside of, I think Harris and Montgomery, if you had to trade Gibson and Juju away for a, a up tier at wide receiver, I think you're just fine getting by with Harris and Montgomery locking down your running back slots with Hunt and Algier potentially yeah. mixing in on bye weeks and stuff. Yeah, and I, I think Hunt and Algier are like, a very nice, you know, fragile type of build to have a running back depth. Because I do think, again, if Hunt is healthy, he's shown that he is a top 20 fantasy running back. Yeah, is he a, mo a little bit more volatile on a week-to-week -week basis? Sure, but I mean, Kareem Hunt has a role on that high-powered Cleveland offense. And his opportunity cost compared to his production because people like... Uh, avoiding variance in drafts uh, is, appeal is appealing to you because you get that, you know, RB3, you move up, as you mentioned, with Gibson, Juju, get an elite receiver. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with that move. I think that this team can definitely uh, make some noise in your league. Yeah, so that's basically our thoughts on that one. Hopefully that helped you out. Yep. Ethan's question, uh, the next question that we have here, it is basically he's in the middle of a startup and I thought it was a good question, so I wanted to cover it in this. Uh, he is also a member of the Patreon. He's about to do a startup right now, a few weeks from now. Uh, it is a 12-team Superflex, one-and-a-half tight end premium in a full PPR league. He's a bit conflicted on where to go at 107. So the general strategy that he wants to execute is tank for Bijan approach year one. Now, number one, I will say, don't be married to that strategy. So the, the, the video I did yesterday, you want to be fluid in your draft. You want to be flexible and you want to approach your draft. Maybe you have an inkling that tanking is a good idea because you know the players in your league. Know your market. You know they're going to be redraft centric or something like that. That's fair, but make sure you go into the draft as fluid as possible, knowing that if you know the opportunity presents itself to compete, you can pivot to that at some point in time. So with that 107, he's curious, um, you know, what direction he should go. Should he go with Watson, who is his highest rated quarterback? Should he go with Kyle Pitts, given the tight end premium format that it is? And he also wants to try and accumulate as many 2023 firsts as possible as he can during the startup and basically draft functionally no running backs unless it's possibly like Brees Hall at the 206 that falls there. So he's looking basically to punt year one. Again, I would caution you to say that you don't necessarily want to be married to that strategy early. 
but going, you know, early on at, you know, a quarterback at 107, you know, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver puts you in that flexible mindset to the point that you could compete if you need to. So where are you at with the 107 and how to handle like kind of the rest of the situation? Lee mentions the two main pieces that he's kind of, you know, eyeing right now are either Deshaun Watson, who he mentions as his highest rated quarterback or Kyle Pitts, given the tight end premium format. Um, he does say here, am I even valid to have Watson over Lamar Kyle in this situation? I mean, I personally would just take Lamar 107, thank my league mates for giving me that value and uh, run to the podium with the pick. But I mean, if you have Watson ranked over Lamar and ranked over Kyler, take your best player. Because I mean, again, like Pitts and Watson is an argument for me because of the the, the situation with uh, Watson potentially with the suspension. But like if he's your highest rated quarterback, you already put yourself out there. You already said like, this is my next quarterback. I would just take Watson. If that's your guy, I would just take Watson again. You're not going to get, you know, crazy value to move down, get Watson later. Like nobody's going to give you, you know, a 2023 first to move down from 107 to 110. Just take him there. Yeah, I, I would also say uh, potentially explore moving up from 206. If you if you're, you know, again, yeah. you don't want to pigeonhole yourself right away. But if you really love Pitts and Watson and you can get it done for a reasonable price and secure both guys, then, yeah, you'd probably be well on your way to a solid rebuild having both of those guys uh, there. And I will say on Watson over Kyler and Lamar, I think Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than both of those guys. So life, that's yeah. not outrageous. Like, yes, we're talking fantasy football and those other guys run more than Watson, but Watson still gives you something on the ground as well. But I do agree. Like, I think Watson's just a better quarterback than both of those guys. Um, I so that. I don't think it's outrageous to have those guys. The way I would handle the 107, if Watson's your highest rated quarterback, well, first of all, I would take Lamar if he was there at 107. Yeah. But if Watson's your highest rated quarterback, then I would just go with Watson over Kyle Pitts, even in the tight end premium format, because especially if you have an inkling that rebuilding would be the smart move, the quarterback position is more important than the tight end position, even though Kyle Pitts is so, so valuable in a tight end premium. Yep. No, I, I agree with you there. Um, just take the quarterback. And again, you can reevaluate whether you want to move up at that 206 or, you know, uh, a guy like Brees Hall or uh, a win now, like running back, you know, win now receiver tight end, like Mark Andrews, whatever uh, is available at that 206. And somebody's willing to give you a 2023 first to move down from like the 206 to like the four, fourth round area. You can entertain that. Overall, taking that quarterback early gives you a lot more flexibility, gives you a lot more fluidity in the rest of your draft. So I personally would go with your top-ranked quarterback. Again, for me, that would be Lamar Jackson. But if you have Deshaun Watson, if you already you know, made your claim, staked your claim that Deshaun Watson you would rather have than Lamar and Kyler, go get your guy. So um, I agree with that. Uh, we can move on to the next team. That's going to be from TB Bucks. Again, another patron. You guys can see it here. Quarterback room headlined by Justin Fields, Ryan Tannehill, and Kenny Pickett. Ronnie Max, you got... Uh, Daryl Henderson, James White, Boston Scott, and Eno Benjamin. Wide receivers, you got Chris Godwin, Elijah Moore, Drake London, Traylon Burke, Sky Moore, and et cetera there. And at tight end, you have Dallas Goddard heading that group, along with six 2023 ones, two 2023 twos, and his 2023 threes. So overall, uh, I'll let you take it away with this team. Uh, what was his main question here? Yeah, so he said he didn't love his team, I guess, the way he had his team structured previously, so he tore it down, and we can kind of see the results of that. He has absolutely no running backs to speak of, which we love to see in an absolute teardown. So he basically, when he was looking to compete, he was like, ah, I'm kind of stuck in the middle, and then he got an offer for Swift that decided to, you know, make him really, you know, flip the switch and go for more of a rebuilding type of offer and or type of mold. He traded away DeAndre Swift, Calvin Ridley, and a 2023 second. And in exchange for the for that move, he got the 104, which ended up being Traylon Burks, and two 2023 firsts. And he smashed this trade. He was like, I accepted this instantly. And he started to blow the team up. So after that, 
He traded. Uh, it looks like Danny agrees with the trade. Oh, so yeah. after that, it. he traded away Debo Samuel, Kirk Cousins, and Odell Beckham Jr., all guys that would help him compete for Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore. So nice stack there and a 2023 first. So I would say, what <laughs> what is Debo's value relative to Elijah Moore? Is Elijah Moore in 2023 first? I would rather have than Debo Samuel. In a heartbeat, I would say. And I would rather have Zach Wilson than the rest of the package. Maybe Elijah in a 2023 second, but I would probably rather Elijah at that point. I don't know. It's like. A second is probably about fair I'd probably relative need a two and a three. I'd probably need a two I, and a three for, for, for Debo. I'm I, a little higher on Debo, I think, than you are. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, he's just, what, your six, right? Yeah, he's my wide receiver six, I yeah. believe. Okay, so that I mean, that, that makes sense. He's more so, uh, I believe, my 10 or 11. So it makes sense there. But either way, I mean, that that is a phenomenal deal. And you guys saw me smirking. You guys saw me, you know, smiling when you mentioned that first deal. So I'm assuming this guy, I mean, Realistically, I'd rather have two 2023 ones than, than DeAndre Swift. I'll tell you that right now. Assuming yeah. those are random 2023 firsts, I would rather that than DeAndre Swift. So the fact that you basically, you know, hypothetically those even out, you flipped Calvin Ridley and a 2023 second into Traylon Burks. Like, Traylon, like as much as I love Calvin Ridley, like the next time he plays football, he's going to be a 28 year old receiver that pigeonholes you, you into a win now. Traylon Burks is a 21 year old receiver that, when it's all said and done from a projectable ceiling standpoint, could be regarded as a top seven dynasty receiver by this time next year. Yeah, exactly. If he has a great season, the opportunities in front of him, and we know that he has the ability to produce from from what we saw in college, it's definitely possible that he has you know Jalen Waddle like ascension from last year. So uh, the next couple trades here, a couple more teardown type of moves. AJ Brown for Sky Moore in a twenty twenty three first. He said feels light to me looking back, but getting I that like sixth, that sixth first basically and locking down half the first round was way too appealing for him. I mean, you got essentially two first-round picks I like for, it. for A.J. Brown because Sky Moore is about a mid-first-round pick. So uh, I, I think that's appropriate value. I don't think you got too little in that trade. Maybe yeah. it feels a little light um, looking back because you feel like you could have gotten more, but I sold A.J. Brown for two ones in, in one of the leagues that I to uh, tore down as well, and I, I thought I got appropriate value for A.J. Brown. Just And that was when he was still in Tennessee too. So I don't know if you did this after. Um, I'm assuming you did this after the draft if you got Sky Moore straight up. So uh, I would say that this is probably a solid trade. And then he also traded away, it looks like Zach Wilson, um, uh, Rashad Penny, a 2023 fourth for another 2023 first, a 2023 second, and KJ Osborne. Now, I personally would have kept Zach Wilson. And I get it too. Um, I probably would slightly lean from a, you know, a, you know, even standpoint, the Zach Wilson side contextually. But given the fact that you've committed to the tank, given the fact that you committed to this team structure, as much as I love Zach Wilson, there is still some volatility there. There still could be the case where, you know, he goes out next year and he has a bad year despite the weapons and he's in maybe Sam Darnold territory. Again, I don't think that's going to happen, but that's still in the range of outcomes. At least, you know, because you're not competing, because you're not trying to score points this year, you're trying to tank and you're trying to gain that extra value on those picks you have next year. I don't mind kind of eliminating that risk. Again, I probably would have wanted a little bit more because I am pretty bullish on the ceiling of a guy like Zach Wilson. I think he could be, you know, a top 25 type of startup pick if things break right next year. But there is still some risk there. You know, you eliminate the risk here. You get that one, you get that two. And I mean, KJ Osborne's a, a throw-in, but he's a nice throw-in, honestly. Like he could have a potential ceiling. You know, Adam Thielen has shown volatility. Adam Thielen has shown the inability to stay on the field. And KJ Osborne in limited opportunity last year did show an ability that he's actually good at football. So it, he could end up being worth, you know, a, a second next year if things break right. If Thielen gets hurt and, you know, he has a 950-yard breakout type of season. 
So. Yeah, I, I would say I just wouldn't have traded Wilson away just I because I think that he has a Joe Burrow like ascension in his oh, range of outcomes. Not necessarily they go to the Super Bowl, but just you know the the stuff that we saw from Joe Burrow yeah. this year is definitely possible for Zach Wilson. And I I actually would have traded Fields away if you were looking to trade away one of those quarterbacks <laughs> because I think it's more likely that the Sam Darnold outcome happens to Justin Fields. That's a hot take. I'm probably going to get flamed for in the comments, but um, that I probably would have held on to Zach Wilson. I think he's the yeah. perfect quarterback to have in a rebuild. And it's funny because I mean, if this was two twenty twenty three first, I think you and I would like would. Oh, I would. I would take two ones for him for sure. Like you would easily. I just think this is probably a fair trade, and because I'm higher on Zach Wilson than consensus, then I lean Zach Wilson. What if there was like an extra twenty twenty three second attached to this? What would your thoughts be? It leans me a little bit more to that side, I would say. But um, so like, but like, I, I value Zach Wilson about two first. Damn, and we're actually, uh, for those of you guys that are members of the Patreon, we are, I, I thought of this, I don't even, haven't even run this by you yet. We might uh, come up with like a matrix in our rankings that says how we value certain players relative to like draft picks and, you know, the type of package we would need to move off of like Josh Allen, for example, be like four first round picks. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> plus. Yeah. Legitimately. Um, okay. So side note, um, I think you're in, you know, TB bucks. It looks like you're in a great position. Uh, Chris Godwin is going to be hard to sell speaking from personal experience. Uh, somebody who's trying to tear down a team and sell Chris Godwin. He nobody is still on him. my team. I can't do it. I don't know why nobody wants to give me anything of value for him. I can't even get a lone singular 2023 first for the guy. So, um, I would say just you're going to have to hold Godwin most likely until he's back on the field and producing because people will remember at that point in time that this yeah. is still a 26 year old wide receiver or 20. I don't even know if he's 26 yet. Yeah. Um, that can produce at a very very high level. Yeah, no, he he's a funny case because he's relative. Okay, so he's a win now player in the eyes of many, but he's still got some youth to his side to the point where his value is not going to fall off a cliff. People are worried about that ACL. People are worried about his recovery, but realistically, as soon as he gets back on the field, like he's a top. At worst, 15 to 20 receiver at worst. The way I view Chris Godwin is the hierarchy of Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, and Chris Godwin. They're all the same player. They're all the exact same play style. They're used a little bit differently depending on what team they play for, but they're big bully yards after catch wide receivers, and they all deal with injuries, and whoever's dealing with injuries at certain points in time has the lower value. So they they should be treated pretty similarly, in my opinion. Godwin's a little, like, a, he's the same age as Debo, I'm pretty sure. Like, they're, yeah. they're relatively the same age. Yeah, I mean, like, is it, uh, and again, I'm glad you mentioned that because, I mean, there's a, a possibility where Godwin goes out, you know, he's not going to put up 1,400 yards because he's going to miss a few games, but he'll be on like a 1,400-yard pace and people might throw him up back into like the top 10 dynasty receivers because they're like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, this is Debo, Debo Samuel. is older than Chris Godwin. He's yeah. actually older than him. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> that's jokes. But either way, just talking about this team quickly, you – this looks like a me team, genuinely, other than Kenny Pickett. Like, this looks like a team that I would craft. I love the liquidity. I love the flexibility that you have with this team. By 2023, I mean, 2023, 2024, because you maybe give your, give your rookies a year to kind of, you know, show themselves. This team is going to be dominant. This team's going to be absolutely running circles around your league. I mean, the fact that you have five stud wide receivers already with this build uh in addition to those first next year like you are going to be in a very very nice spot so either way we can move on to the next team another patron that's gonna be from jeff again a one quarterback league here i'll let you take it away yeah so he has um you know questionable quarterbacks obviously mac jones daniel jones marcus mariota etc not great at running back either carter stevenson henderson aj brown t higgins michael pittman jr gabriel davis mainly at wide receiver though and kyle pitts to build around has the 101 this year 
um, has uh, two firsts in 2023, two seconds in 2023, and then most of his picks in future years as well. So he has his rookie draft coming up and he was basically, uh, he outlined what his game plan is and what he's looking to be targeting with most of his picks. Um, he just kind of wanted our thoughts on it and basically how he thinks uh, his team is going to shake out this year. So based on his team, his pick targets are at 101, he's going to go Brees Hall, right? Uh, pretty yep. straightforward. At 210, he's hoping uh, he's hoping for either Isaiah Spiller or Tyler Algier to help fill out a bit of his running back core there. And then at 4353, he's just looking for like, you know, some value to fall to him, maybe Dolchich, Jelani Woods, Tyquan Thornton, guys like that. And then Jerome Ford, Justin Ross, Calvin Austin, whatever. At 5-3, again, once you get to the fourth and fifth round pick, whoever you want. Um, but he says, I, I think my team can compete this year if things break right. I would caution you to say that, it, that you'd have to have a lot break right because yeah. you don't have a difference-making quarterback at all. At right? All. Like Your quarterback production is going to be 15, 18 points a game, relatively yeah. speaking. Even if Mac Jones or Daniel Jones has like a solid year, I'm probably not banking on high-end quarterback production. You're putting a lot of faith in the Brees Hall. Um, to carry you as a rookie running back when Carter's still going to probably be involved at least early on in the season. And unless you get an injury to Cam Akers or, or Damian Harris or something, uh, or Javante Williams, those like handcuff RB2 types are probably not going to be, you know, huge difference makers for you either. Your wide receivers would really, really, really have to carry you and Kyle Pitts. So yep. it's possible. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that you can compete with this team. I just don't think that I would bank on it necessarily. No, I agree with you. And he also mentions here Bijan is so tempting. Imagine being able to roll out, you know, Brees Hall and Bijan Robinson next year. That's gonna be a pipe dream. That's gonna be fun. But um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. A lot would have to break right. Uh, and he mentions I've been toying with the idea of tanking. The only like again, like if you want it, like Rondale Moore has a couple games, you can sell him, you know. Um, guys like that, maybe there's not many guys like, again, your wide receiver core. I'm not really looking to sell, you know, Brown, Higgins, Pittman, because I do think once you add those first round picks in next year, you can compete with this team. You just need, again, as Corey mentioned, one difference making quarterback and a couple running backs added to Brees Hall. But I mean, once you get that, I mean, you're rolling out a starting lineup of, you know, a top 10 type of quarterback, hypothetically, hypothetically if you can get that. Brees Hall, B. John Robinson slash Jameer Gibbs. Uh, etc. There and then a wide receiver. I mean, you are very, very uh, in a good spot here with you know Brown, Higgins, Pittman. I think Gabe Davis could be a solid you know wide receiver four or five type for you uh, and etc. There and then you have the holy grail of tight ends there with Kyle Pitts. So uh, I do think, uh, as Corey said, I would look to dominate this league in twenty twenty three. So I agree with there. Yeah, I would say wait and see too because if you're you yeah. know, six and two or something like that, and you can flip Rondell Moore in a second for Tom Brady and try and make a push at that point, then, yep. you know, by all means, maybe do something like that. But that's like a wait and see type of thing to see how your team is performing early on in the season. Because if, you know, if Brees Hall is a top 10 running back from the jump, like he's just immediately the the no, go-to he... guy, then you probably could compete with this team. Um, You have replaceable RB2 production that you can kind of cycle in. Your wide receivers and tight ends should be able to carry you, but you will probably need a quarterback upgrade midseason if you were to, to, to determine that you can compete in this league. No, I agree with you there. Uh, any other closing thoughts here? Or should we move on to Dylan's team? Uh, the one last thing I will say is, okay. is because it is a one quarterback league, I would try and invest in an upside guy if you can. So if you had to package like Gabriel Davis and Rondell Moore to go get like Jalen Hurts or something like that, I would probably try and do that. Maybe yep. sacrifice a little bit of depth at wide receiver to go secure a quarterback long term. That's going to be a difference making like Konami code quarterback. I might consider doing something like that as well. 
I'd agree with that. So uh, we can move on to Dylan's team here. Uh, another patron. He says here that this is a one quarterback, 1.5 tight end premium in his 10 man league. So he's got that difference making quarterback. You got Lamar Jackson really, really heading that group. This is Running such back. a mean quarterback core right now. These are like <laughs> my three dudes, uh, Lamar Jackson, Ryan Tannehill and Jameis Winston. This is exactly how I like yeah. building out quarterback cores. You get one stud and two guys that you can cycle into your quarterback two spot is always how to, I love to be fair. This is a one quarterback league. Okay, fair enough. If it was a <laughs> league, this would be exactly how I would structure it. But uh, uh, Brees Hall, Cam Akers, mainly at running back, DK, yeah. Drake London, Deontay Johnson, Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson, great um, you know, core wide receivers there with Wandell at the end. Uh, Hawkinson and Pat Fryermuth as his top tight ends. He also has four ones and four twos next year, and then all of his picks in future drafts. So he's basically wondering what he should do with this team. Feels like he can compete, but there's also some very strong rosters in his league. And it's a 10-team league too, so yeah. um, teams are probably going to be very good. Uh, basically what should he do and then we'll go over some of his trades and uh, how he did in his rookie draft as well honestly this is a house money you're looking at this team i mean let's talk about the trades first because i mean herbert christian watson saquon keenan whatever you got dak Brees hall and dk give me dak Brees hall and dk anytime there i mean this is a 10-man league you want superstar ability yeah herbert's a, a more secure more valuable asset than dak agreed but in a one quarterback league you already have lamar jackson I'm fine with making this move. Go ahead, get it done. Uh, Brees Hall, top five running back for both of us in, in Dynasty. I mean, he actually might be your six. I forget off my head. He's and six, DK yeah. and DK is a locked and loaded top 10 receiver. So I'm fine with getting that value at the more important positions uh, in a one quarterback league with Dak and Brees Hall. Or sorry, uh, with Brees Hall and DK. So love that. You also gave initially CMC and you got Saquon Barkley and Drake London. So Round of applause there because, I mean, this is the perfect way to turn an asset like CMC into value, into depth. Drake London's a top 15 receiver for uh, for both of us. I believe he's actually my wide receiver 10. So I love Drake London and getting, you know, Saquon Barkley. If Saquon Barkley is healthy, like he is one of the few running backs that has a maybe not a ceiling of CMC because CMC ceiling is literally like generational better than anybody else in fantasy football period. But Saquon Barkley at his ceiling is legitimately a 22 plus point per game score. Right. And you shave, you know, a year and a half, two years of age off of CMC yeah. and some touches off the uh, off the workload as well. And I'm I'm starting to see a lot of steam of fantasy doctors that I follow. The the second year off the ACL narrative is a real thing. Like I'm starting to see a lot of people be like, guys, Saquon's going too low. We should have been out on him last year. We all fucked up, but we're gonna get a discount this year and it's gonna work out beautifully. It's I Saquon draws me in every single year and I swear to God, he's going to do it again this year. I'm yeah. going to be way higher on him than consensus. And he's probably going to break my heart again, but it does have an upgraded offensive line offense around him. I say it again, every year, best offensive line he's ever played with best, you know, weapons core around him that he's ever played with. And then he ends up getting injured. So for me, it, it's simple with Saquon when he is healthy, he's one of the few actual workhorse bell cow type of like, you know, 350 plus opportunity running backs in the league. And he doesn't have like Najee Harris efficiency. He's actually an efficient running back. So you're yeah. getting that. You're getting receiving output. You're getting, getting potentially plays that he's going to give you seven, eight times a year or two. Yeah. Like it's, it's funny because I mean, we're talking about elite ceiling and everybody's fallback on Saquon is fool me one shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on you. I'm not touching you again. Yada, yada, yada. It's like, yeah. Okay. But I mean, if you're getting him at what RB 15 ish type of prices, I'm fine with getting burnt again. 
Like, yeah, exactly. And you can secure a Salih, like a, you don't have to take him top five. Like you had to take him last year. Anyway, exactly. Saquon ran aside uh, your, your rookie draft. I think you did a great job. One Oh four Drake London. That's great yep. value. He's definitely not the one Oh four in a one quarterback league for me. Uh, oh. Sky Moore one Oh eight. Another good value there. Christian Watson and Jahan Dotson. I mean, you had back to back picks, so it doesn't really matter what order you pick those guys in. And then two Oh five Wandell Robinson, I think is also pretty solid value yep. as well. I think you got, uh, like Danny said, you got a pretty well set up, um, Poor you know, situation here, house money type of year. You have young, you have a young, you know, rookie running back leading your core and some, some young receivers as well. This time next year, you should have one of the better teams in your league. Once Brees is the full established workhorse, hopefully Cam Akers is 100% healthy at that point. You also have four ones next year that you could yep. potentially add to that running back core. And then your, your receiving core should be fully developed. A lot of those guys into their primes already. And if Sky Moore and Drake London hit, man, your receiver core is going to be nasty. Yep. No, I, I fully agree with you. So we can move on to the next team here. I'll let you take it away with Justin Hall's team. Yet again, another patron. Yeah. And Justin Hall, thankfully, you're not the defenseman for the Maple Leafs because I probably wouldn't have answered your question if you were um, because I hate Justin Hall from the Maple Leafs. But um, all right. So you guys can see Hall, uh, Justin Hall's team here. Derek Carr, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Mitchell Trubisky. He didn't actually specify if this was a super flex league, but I mean, if it is, that's a little bit of a shaky quarterback core. Uh, Chase Edmonds, Derek Gore, you know, no, nothing really to speak of at running back. He does have some guys on his um, taxi squad like Tyler Algier and uh, some guys like that uh, at wide receiver. Again, he lists a lot of the wide receivers that don't really matter for his team, but most of the ones that do matter are on his taxi squad, Drake London, Jahan Dotson, uh, Khalil Shakir, guys like that uh, to go along with Hunter Renfro and some other guys. And then at tight end, he doesn't, again, have a whole lot to speak of a lot of guys on his taxi squad as well. So this is pretty clearly, you know, one of the teams that is in pretty rough shape, I would say. Um, he's basically looking to get some help with his team. It's a two quarterback league. So he actually did, sorry, he yeah. did actually tell me it's a two quarterback league with also some IDP players. He recently comp uh, completed a couple trades that are included here. Uh, should he make more trades for vet players or just stack up draft picks to make a better run next year? So I would say that you cannot compete with this team. There, no. There's no way I can compete with the team with the running back core, the way that like your best running back is Tyler Algier. Like you're, you're in pretty yeah. rough shape there. And then at wide receiver, while you have some young guys that I like, you can't really necessarily rely on those guys and not a lot of difference makers after them. So this is a full teardown, rebuild the shit out of this team. Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr are on the market. I'm getting rid of those guys immediately. They're older quarterbacks and it's a two QB league. So you should be able to fetch some good draft capital for those guys as well. Yeah. And he has a couple trades listed here. Uh, I don't mind the second deal, but uh, I don't like the first deal at all. I'm going to keep it honest with you. I don't like it at all. He says before the rookie draft. So I, I mean, I guess, but yeah, like I would rather Bateman than all those other pieces combined. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how Baker, valuable but... is uh, Buddha Baker is in an IDP league. I'm sure he's pretty valuable, but Rashad Bateman, again, we can only kind of focus on the offensive pieces here. Rashad Bateman is it clears these guys pretty easily. And uh, the 203 honestly might clear these, these guys too. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough there. Uh, I mean, I again, I can't speak on the defensive talent here. It looks like you have some talented players, but. I, uh, from an offensive standpoint, I mean, this is like a full, like tear down. Like this is a full, like rebuild, put put like, put your ass on the line, like 2025. Yeah. Like I'm looking, I'm looking for 2023s and 2024s. Like that's what yes. I'm looking for. I have no, I'm not married to any player on this roster. Not anybody is on the block. Everybody, you got to package four of these players together to get a first round pick to help your team in the future. Second, yeah. Yeah. If you got to take, you know, Algier, Kendrick Bourne you know, Mike Gesicki and Chase Edmonds and throw them all in a deal just to secure 2024 first, I'm doing it. I'm looking to collect as much draft capital as humanly possible with this team. 2025 even, honestly. 
yeah, if your league allows you to trade that yeah. far into the future, I'm definitely looking to do something like that. So I would say uh, to answer your initial question, you cannot compete with this team. I would not at all. Yeah, I would say it's probably wise to assume that you can't compete with this team. And Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr are the first guys to go because yep. they're they have the most value. It's a two quarterback league. I would say as of now, they're probably your best two players too, outside of the young receivers yep. that you have. And uh, they should be able to fetch you. If you can secure a stud in a trade like that, if you can secure like a, you know, a, a stud young wide receiver to build around. Uh, if not, I would just look for pure draft capital. No, I, I agree with you there. I would look to tear down any type of value. You know, let's just say, look at this team. Uh, I mean, Alan Lazard gets out to a hot start. I'm fine with flipping him for a future second, whether that's 2023, 2024, whenever it's allowed, I'm taking the value. Anytime a player on your team is coming off a couple good weeks, I am shipping them for draft capital. Yeah, your your goal is to dominate the next couple drafts as much as you possibly can because outside of Drake London and Jahan Dotson, really, um, no, there's real nobody building uh, around this team for the long term. So definitely a tough situation to be in. Again, we can't really speak on the, the defensive players. Maybe there's more building blocks there, but um, I would say that you're probably in a, a big-time rebuild here, and the defensive players, any cornerstone pieces that you have would also be on the block for me as well. Agreed. Agreed. But uh, either way, before we get into the next team, you know, as Corey always says, we got to pay some bills over here. You guys should be hearing a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped right now. Hey, lads, today's episode is brought to you by our sponsors over at Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming across the globe. With summer just around the corner, our sponsors over at Manscaped are here with the best tools to get you ready for the warm weather and good times. Everyone wants an active summer. Manscaped provides men with the cleanest and most concise trimming experience available on the market. The summer is coming by quickly. Did you sure up your grooming routine with the best tools for the job? The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. The number one product in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. And get this, the trimmer's advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your body. It even has a 4000K LED spotlight so you can shave in the dark. Did I mention that it's also waterproof? This package also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer to whack all of the worst of your weeds. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes of yours. In addition to your performance package 4.0, Manscaped is proud to announce the official launch of the Boxer 2.0, the optimal protector of your family jewels. Let your bulge breathe with the comfiest boxers on the market. This summer, it's time to join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code BUSH for 20% off plus free shipping. Again, 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUSH at checkout. Manscaped gives your manhood the proper treatment it deserves. We appreciate the support for the Fancy Stock Exchange over by our friends at Manscaped and thank them for sponsoring today's video. And speaking of that video, let's get right back to it. All right, huge shout out to Manscaped for sponsoring today's video again. Go use our code BUSH at checkout on Manscaped. A ton of good deals over there, 20% off plus free shipping. You guys would have heard that in the little video. Let's get on to the next team. That's going to be from Tyler Reed. And uh, I'll just take it away here. So he does say that this is a one quarterback league with uh, three wide receivers and one flex spot. He mentions that his main quarterback, his starter here is Trey Lance. 
He, uh, Zach Wilson, Carson Wentz, uh, and Sam Darnold finishing out that core. Running backs, you got J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, Kenneth Walker, Rashad White, etc. There. Wide receiver, T. Higgins, Amonor St. Brown, uh, Christian Kirk, George Pick, and Jahan Dotson, etc. There. And that tight end, you got Pat Fryermuth and Dylan, or Dylan Parham, Donald Parham heading that group. So overall, what are your thoughts on this team? And then we can get into his questions. Yeah, the team looks, you know, solid, I would say. It doesn't look like a huge, you know, you know, um, powerhouse or anything like that but it, it i think he did well with his rookie picks kenneth walker george pickens Jahan dawson rashad white guys that uh you know should be able to help you fill out your core a little bit but i would say this team is a little thin um as far as high-end talent is concerned you have a lot of you know mid rb2 types you know wide receiver two types but t higgins and trey lance and maybe pat fryermuth at tight end are really the only difference makers that i see on this roster so a uh, little bit of work to do. I, I would say you have, you know, a good solid foundation for the time being, but I'm looking to acquire some studs if I can. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, I mean, looking at this team, your clear uh, main strength here would be, uh, I would say, at that running back position. You know, you got J.K. Dumbs, Antonio Gibson, Kenneth Walker, Rashad White. I think that's a, a solid core, but not a core that you're going to win with this year. You kind of mentioned uh, thoughts on, you know, buying an asset to try to compete. I would just try to, you know, build around those two first next year, add to this core, uh, keep getting younger. And potentially, I mean, I think this is going to be a team that really dominates, you know, 2023, 2024. But right now, this is not a team I'm looking to go all in with. Yeah, I would like your whole team is like 23 years old and under like your oldest player that's like relevant for your team is like Antonio Gibson, like legitimately, you don't have a lot of uh, older players, Dobbins and Gibson being in their third seasons with Higgins and stuff like they're your veterans for your at least your you know, competable assets. So I would continue to get younger, like kind of uh, what Danny said. He also has highlighted who his current taxi squad players are, his thoughts on guys to drop as well. Um, who are the best, you know, droppable pieces? He Five has a six. couple guys uh, highlighted. I guess there's six of them that he needs to drop. Um, but the guys that you have highlighted te- seem kind of fine to me. Justin Jackson, Ty Johnson, uh, Denzel Mims, Tyler Johnson, and Des Fitzpatrick and Sam Darnold. I'm fine dropping all of those guys. I don't mind dropping any of the other, you know, lower end wide receivers like Amari Rogers, Jalen Rager, anybody like that. Yeah, he mentions, you know, five to six guys that he's been thinking about dropping. I'd probably agree with that list. You know, Jared maybe, Patterson and Larry Roundtree. I'm not married to either. You can drop Darrington Evans. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with that too. The, a lot of those guys. I mean, we're not going to be hard pressed on a decision to drop some guys because there's some uh, fodder, which is what I like to refer it on this team. Yeah, yeah, but you are set up, you know, decently well for yeah. the future. You got a young team with two first next year, two seconds next year. Um, as we're kind of going to talk about, I guess, going forward now, Antonio Gibson would be a guy that I would gauge his value around your league. If you can secure a 2023 first for him, I would be fine doing that because you're not looking to compete this year. I would not, you know, make the mistake of trying to go all in for sure, though. If, if that's what you were thinking of doing, I would wait and see with this team. Most likely you're not going to be relatively that competitive this year. And you're, you're just letting your young guys develop. If anybody's having a breakout season, you can kind of gauge their market and potentially move them for more draft capital to help you really, really build out this team because you are lacking some, you know, stud factor on this team outside of really T Higgins and maybe Trey Lance. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that here, but uh, overall, I think, you know, this is, this is a team in a relatively you know solid position. I would say keep adding to that wide receiver core because I mean you are a little bit. I, I would I would want at least like one more like top twenty wide receiver asset on this team because I mean you got some good you know wide receiver three four types in dynasty, but outside of T Higgins, I mean I like Monra. He's you know a top twenty four wide receiver for me. I think he's fine. But if you had you know another Devonte Smith or Elijah Moore or someone like that to this core, I would have felt more comfortable. But I mean you got the draft capital to be able to add to it next year. 
Yeah, and you got Pickens and Dotson that you added in this draft. That'll, yeah. That should help you fill out that core as well. So um, pretty solid position, like you said. Let's move on yep. to uh, Hunter's team here. 10 teams, super flex, PPR. I'll let you take it away. For sure. So he actually outlines here, uh, big shout out. He said he did it last year. And with y'all's advice, I won the championship in my first year. So shout out. Appreciate that. Appreciate that support. And uh, happy we were able to get you that championship. But he outlines the team here. He says it's a 10-team Superflex PPR uh, with three wide receiver spots and two flex spots. So you guys can see the team on the on the screen here. Quarterbacks, you got Josh Allen, Trey Lance is the main two guys there. Winston, a very, very nice quarterback three to have with this team. Running backs, Najee, Antonio Gibson, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, etc. There. Wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, Sky Moore, Deontay Johnson, Devontae Smith, Elijah Moore, and others there. And at tight end, you know, you got that Noah Fantastic heading that group. Also have, you know, Pat Frymuth kind of buried down there, along with two 2023 firsts and all of his picks in 2024. So he has some of his questions here, but before we get into the questions, what are your thoughts on this team when you're looking at it at face value? Well, I, I said in the um, how to contend video yesterday that the ideal position to be in a dynasty league is to have a competitive team and also have all of your future draft capital and potentially more than your own future draft capital, which is the position that Hunter's in right now. He has two first next year, all of his picks in the future. So he was able to build a competitive team, win the championship and yep. still have a farm system to help replenish his team as players get older and you know start to fall off and stuff. So I would say that you're in the ideal position that you want to be in a dynasty league right now. Um, and he also says, should I look to, uh, to go for it again, or should I look to go towards more of the future? I would say that this, again, this is Burn it back. not a lot of your team is, is going to like regress from last yeah. year outside of a, maybe like a player or two here or there. So I would say that you're probably good. Just running it back. <laughs> if you wanted to make any trades again, uh, Antonio Gibson stands out. Yeah. I think he's the guy that you can gauge the value Excellent. of your league, but if many people are out on him, I'm fine. Just holding him on your roster. Most likely your RB two this year is going to be Leonard Fournette. So um, Antonio Gibson has like a flex piece for you is fine. That's idea. And again, if you want to, you know, make a splash, say Gibson, you know, like to start the season, maybe, you know, you're high on mix and you think he can have a good year. You give up. I mean, the most I'd pay is probably like Gibson and a two considering that two is probably going to be late because you're going to compete. I'm fine with making that move to get, you know, another running back for production here. Cause I mean, that's the only real thing after Najee and after Fournette. I mean, I like hunt as a depth piece, but you know, in a, in a two flex league, you kind of want, you know, a, a more staple, a more steady type of option. I'm fine with going after a guy like Mixon, which is crazy because I don't advocate for Mixon. You don't advocate for Mixon. Maybe you also want to throw Saquon into that kind of group as well. A running back like that, that should have better year one production than Gibson is probably the transition I'd be looking to make. Yeah. So overall, I mean, go run it back with this team. This is a very, very well-built team. You have the upside, the youth factor while still having a lot of point production here. Yeah, he says, also, what is one player you would drop? I'm sure you probably just drafted this guy, but I'd probably drop uh, Jelani Woods would probably be the guy that I would drop. You have a I, pretty solid tight end core. I have, There's no real I, reason I, for me. Maybe you want to drop one of the veteran tight ends. Thomas. Yeah, yeah I, mean, maybe. I, I think Logan Thomas could have more value this year than maybe uh, Jelani Woods would. So I would probably just wait and see. Maybe you can flip Logan Thomas for like a three or a four midseason if he's actually doing something um relative to your league and, and maybe you can get something for him i also would consider maybe raheem mostert as well um yeah. he might have a role in miami but um i would rather drop mostert than edwards because edwards has a clearer path to touches if dobbins were to get injured and i would think i'd rather hold him in that case i agree i mean at that point in your running back core you're just looking for a projectable upside and i don't think that raheem mostert has a lot of projectable upside given the timeshare that's expected in miami so and yeah his history I, and his age yeah. and all that kind of stuff too 100%. He also lists here, I mean, kudos to this trade. 
he traded away uh, Derrick Henry and Amonra to get that liquidity. He actually dealt his first initially uh, to win the championship this past year. Noticed, you know, Derrick Henry is going to decline in value, 28-year-old running back coming off that ankle. And as much as I love Amonra, he's still a, a slightly volatile piece to be holding. You're able to turn that into liquidity with two firsts, a second, and, you know, most are to throw him, but whatever. You got a little extra value, you know, a little piece, a little pie there. Um, but looking at this deal, give me two 2023 first side any day. Yeah. And given this kind of league dynamic in this league market, I have no doubt that you should be able to get a first for, for Antonio Gibson if you want to go for yep. it. But, or you could go after just, again, another like veteran running back or something like that. But, uh, yeah, kudos to you for and maybe those two firsts that he has, neither of them are his too. They might be yeah. early to mid or something like that. So we have no idea where those firsts are going to end up being. But I think you're well set up to you know run it back, potentially win again this year, and have a bright future as well. So great job. Yep. No, I agree. So we can move on to the next team here, and that's going to be from Henry. So you guys can see the starters here: Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, Trey Lance, uh, and Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position. Running backs: you got Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, etc. There. Wide receivers: AJ Brown, T. Higgins, and Mike Evans. And at tight end, you have Noah Fant, along with four 2023 first and all of his picks in 2024 and 2025. So. Uh, looking at this team, I mean, uh, we'll get into the post startup deals. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it honest with you. We just don't really have a lot of time to go through the like 15, 20 deals you have on the left there. But uh, if you guys are looking at it at the screen, you guys can see the deals he made in the startup. But post startup, I actually, uh, you know, we'll look at the couple of deals he made as well. Yeah. So in the first deal, he received Leonard Fournette, uh, T. Higgins, and a 2023 second in exchange for Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, and Wandell Robinson. So I'm trying to think, I'm trying to, T. Higgins versus DJ Moore, does Wandell Robinson make up that difference for you? Or is that not enough? Mm, I would, it's probably relatively fair. Or I would, and Allen borderline cancel each other out for me because uh, they're both you, win now type well, of pieces. I was going to say maybe you do uh, DJ Moore and Keenan for Higgins in the 2023 second. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Right, like that. I think that's probably more relatively fair. But uh, I mean, I would probably personally rather the uh, Higgins side, regardless. But yeah, however you slice it, I would however say if we, you go yeah. Higgins versus DJ Moore and Wandale, then it's Fournette in the second for Keenan Allen, which I'd rather have Fournette in the second. So yeah, I uh, really like that move for you. You get some win now pieces, win now running back production, and a young receiver to boot, uh, as well as a 2023 second. So I think you did a great job there. Then you traded away that 2023 second <laughs> using Cortland Sutton as well, and you upgrade to Mike Evans. So. Uh, Cortland Sutton and Mike Evans this year, from a range of outcomes standpoint, I would definitely bet the the farm Evans. that Mike Evans outscores yeah. him by a decent amount this year. It's possible that Sutton has a huge breakout season. We kind of talked about him in uh, um, yesterday's video or two days ago's video about a great uh, how good of a value he is uh, relative to ADP right now. But Mike Evans will probably be a top 10 redraft receiver this year, especially if Godwin's going to be out for a number of weeks. I agree with that too. Uh, I, I I like the Evan side, you know, especially uh, given the stature, given the the structure of this team. Uh, you're clearly trying to, you know, make a push this year. I mean, you're you're making a push this year and still have four picks of liquidity to be able to be flexible. You know, in season, you want to make a pickup. Say this team gets off to you know a six and two start, you have liquidity, you have flexibility to be able to make moves. And worst case scenario, guess what? If you get off to a slower start. You have pieces that you can sell. Aaron Jones to a contender. Aaron Jones should be, you know, a top 15-ish running back this year, given off uh, the fact that he should have a sustained receiving production in that Green Bay offense. So if somebody, you know, 
God, for, I mean, I could see this happening in season. If somebody says, hey, listen, uh, you give me Aaron Jones in a 2024-2, and I'll give you my 2023 first because I'm trying to compete this year. You take that, get a better piece than Aaron Jones for next year, run it back, house money, go win the championship in 2023 and 2024. Yeah, same goes for Tom Brady, too, midseason. Yeah. If he's, um, obviously, he's going to be great this year. I have no doubt in my mind Amazing. that he's going to be yeah. he's going to be a top-five redraft quarterback for me, probably. So, uh, yeah, those two guys, and you're probably going to be in a good spot. You have pretty much uh, all of the t- touchdown production for an offense that scored the most touchdowns in the league last year. You have Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, and Mike Evans. So th- that's yeah. the touchdown production for that team, uh, basically, unless you you know have Gronk also. But that's basically um, uh, going to be a big-time cornerstone for your team. Uh, Aaron Jones would be someone I would gauge his value on because yeah. I'm just not that high on Aaron Jones from both a redraft and a dynasty perspective. And I know you're even Agreed. lower than me yeah. on Aaron Jones. So I would see what he can fetch on the open market. If you can transition Aaron Jones, let me just pull up my rankings right now. Guys that are kind of near him. I would say four net plus, but I mean, four. Yeah, you is- already have four net. <laughs> you can't really do that. But if you can get James Connor plus for Aaron Jones, I would, yeah. wouldn't mind that. If you can get James Connor in like a 2024 first or something like that, based on some uh-huh. of the trades that you've made, I think that's definitely possible. Um, yeah. You could potentially also go from Aaron Jones to David Montgomery or Josh Jacobs, I think might be uh, also doable. And I will, I would honestly straight up prefer both of those guys to Aaron Jones and redraft this year. I was, I was going to say Kareem Hunt plus, but you actually, uh, I believe already have Kareem. Yeah, you already he's have got, He's got all the, all the pluses <laughs> for all these down tiers, but it's, it's having so- Fournette, James Conner and Kareem Hunt as his running back core would just be a fucking hilarious, like. Uh, way to fade the running back position. But I think Aaron Jones to David Montgomery or to uh, Josh Jacobs is probably doable one for one in your league, most likely. No, I agree with that. I think that uh, those are good transitions. I mean, looking at the starting lineup, uh, you have a relatively good starting lineup. The only like question mark there would be Devin Singletary because obviously, you know, James Cook is going to limit his receiving ceiling uh, and you're banking on potentially the touchdown output. But as we know, Josh Allen has a lot of autonomy on the goal line for the Buffalo Bills. So uh, that would the only like questionable piece as well as wide receiver depth. But again, you have four first next year. You're going to pound that wide receiver depth. You're going to pound, you know, another starting running back with that elite class that's coming in so uh overall i think you've done a really good job there and again if you're watching at home you can see the type of startup deal uh, startup deals he made to kind of maneuver his way around the board if you guys are curious in terms of how you can maybe attack a startup if you're getting into a startup league these are some deals maybe you could look at yeah and i would say mid-season like danny kind of touched on already um I would gauge where you're at if you're a six and one team or, you know, seven and two or something like that. Or if you're vice versa, you're like losing, you got to make a decision for sure, because you can easily transition this into a quick retool if you need to. If you're if let's say Jones and Fournette get hurt, you have no running back position and, you know, Watson is suspended 14 games or some shit and you can't compete this year and Lance isn't starting for the 49ers like you're probably going to have to flip over and turn that into a a bit of a retool, but it should be a quick one because you got cornerstone pieces and draft capital already and vice versa. If you get mid season, you're seven and one, you have four 2023 first. If you suffer an injury at the wide receiver position and you can buy low on, you know, this time last year, T Higgins had like eight games with no touchdowns and you could have probably gotten him for a singular first um, when at that point in time, and now he's worth multiple first. So if, if somebody's having a little bit of a touchdown drought, but they're still getting the targets. And of course we'll have you covered during the season on guys that are great trade targets. Then I think you could also make a move like that using one of your 2023 first to help solidify your win now type of uh, appeal. If you're doing well at that point in the season. 
For sure. So uh, either way, well-built team, well-structed team. Uh, well done there, Henry. We can move on to the next team here and the final team of the video. Uh, currently wrapping out at about 50 minutes so far. If you guys made it this far and have enjoyed the content, as always, make sure you leave a like down below and comment Dynasty Decisions. Obviously a favorite series of you guys, a series that you guys show a lot of consistent support on. Comment Dynasty Decisions if you made it this far. Let's wrap it up with Kratapu's team. You guys see here the team here, a 12-team Dynasty League full PPR with one quarterback, two running backs, four wide receiver spots, a tight end, and a flex. So the main team here, you guys can see Mahomes heading that one quarterback spot. Running backs, Fournette, Montgomery, Dylan, et cetera. There, wide receivers, you got Keenan Allen, 